Hello, and welcome to NeuroCurious, a podcast about all things brain, body, mind, and culture, not necessarily in that order. I'm Deborah Budding, joined by co-hosts Jamie Jones and Peggy Schaefer. And hello, we're back. Good Hi. <laughs> kind of. Are we back? Kind of. I'm working on it. <laughs> so we had we had kind of a long summer break for a variety of reasons. Um, I now have a bionic foot, and uh, we all had various and sundry family things and things. So um, we didn't go away forever. We're back. We're here. Mm-hmm. We're here. Mostly in Mostly. one piece. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on downing my coffee. Um, so we thought, uh, since we're getting our sea legs back, uh, in terms of recording again, and um, wonderful Bill is you know trying to remember the recording, recording equipment now. So we figured rather than torment a guest with our ineptitude, that we... <laughs> That we just sort of uh, chat amongst ourselves a little bit today about a few things. Um, uh, We're kind of counting down to uh, SFN, the Society for Neuroscience conference that's coming up next month in San Diego, um, where we will be uh, recording a number of episodes. Um, So also, FYI, if you're going to be at SFN and you want to talk about your research, um, hit us up because we would love to chat with you. Um, I put a little call out on Twitter um, uh, so if you are interested, you know how to reach us. Um, and we'll remind you again what our contact information is, those of us that have it. Um, at the end. There's those of us that have it and those That's of us that even chat. That's always the part of our podcast I know. Because <laughs> we can't finish things. We just keep talking. It's like the Midwest goodbye, they call it, right? Right. Yeah. It just keeps well, going. Keeps right. going. Half an hour later. Right. We'll, we'll have the, the, the ghosting ending where yeah. we just we just go away. <laughs> Without Tear. saying goodbye, yeah, or isn't that the what, don't they call it that that the, the French goodbye? Oh, when you I don't know. Party that. that way, yeah. Okay. Anywho, um, who knew? So we're not going to really talk about much in the news because that's depressing, and <laughs> and we have a hard time not keeping drinking, it family so. friendly. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll lose that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll lose our fr- family friendly right, component. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but one of the, the things that's come out recently, and it's been around for a while, are discussions about uh, brain training companies and, and brain training products. And, and all um, the eye rolls. And, the, and all the eye rolls. But um, Daniel Simons and, and uh, colleagues, ugh, I'm having speaking trouble, put up a, and a really amazing um, piece of uh, scholarship together looking at multiple uh, kinds of, of brain training programs and the research behind them and the quality of research. And um, we'll put a link in the show notes to, um, one, to the, the actual article uh, that they published and also um, to some of the uh, summaries that have appeared online because a you know, number of, of news outlets have picked up on it and have been talking about it. Um, and this is an area that is sort of, I wouldn't say near and dear to our hearts, but, um, but it's, it's near. Sense. In a sarcastic way. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's, near, it's near our hearts. Um, we, have, we all have uh, lots of uh, feels mm-hmm. about, about the brain training mm-hmm. stuff. Well, and, as a, and an aside, even for people not interested in brain training, it is a fabulous article for anyone taking or teaching research methods because it really does a great job of outlining sort of ideal research studies, mm-hmm. less than ideal research mm-hmm. studies, yep. what makes a good research mm-hmm. study, 
Um, and I think for that reason, it's a really good article too. Yeah, it's just I, I just my hat is off to them, just on so many levels. I'm just deeply, deeply impressed by the work they did. Um, and just as a clinician and as a consumer, I, I think it's important to be thinking about and talking about these things. Um, everybody wants to be smarter. Right. Everybody wants to be more capable. And well, and, and we live in a society where everybody wants the easy route. Mm. Right? right. I want to be smarter. I mm-hmm. want to not, you know, have cognitive decline. I don't want to have to exercise 30 minutes a day because that would be what would really help. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd rather play a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And of course, well, and actually no a one, real video game would do better for right. your brain than these. Right. I was going to say, and no one in here right. is bashing video games because no. by all means have fun and play. But. But you these know. aren't video games. I mean, that's no, the that's are, the issue. Are, They're you know, very in quote brain training, boring. Well, I mean, they train they train a very narrow task. They you know they they train you how to do what they do much better. I mean, right. I think that it can be said that if you repeatedly do a task, mm-hmm. you'll get better at doing it. I mean, that's right. there's pretty abundant research about that. Oh, absolutely. But it always goes back to the concept of application. Right. So right and generalizability. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and actually, when I was reading it, Peggy, I was thinking about you and about... Oh, where are you? I was. <laughs> I was. I was thinking about you. And I was thinking uh, about... Okay. I think about you often, oh, Peggy, you. even you though I don't so get to see you I very know. often. I, um, uh, but I was thinking about how um, music mm-hmm. and ways that music and rhythm end up getting uh, mm-hmm. misused, misused yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. in, in a similar fashion, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it still comes down to people trying to cook something complicated and multifactorial into something simplistic right. and then trying to sell it as, well, yes. and this is, and sure, this is going to generalize right. really well. And Digestibility. You know, they want right. it to easily digest. I mean, the thing I run into all the time is um, different programs out there like listening therapies and <clears throat> others that we've discussed that shall go unnamed mm-hmm. but um there are programs out there and and you're right they take these complex things and it's not a one-size-fits-all you can't possibly i mean it's very this is why in my practice i have a very strict videotaping policy right. during sessions because <clears throat> excuse me because parents in their excitement to share and show what their child is doing They'll post it on social media. They'll use that to indicate, look at what's happening. And on the outside, it looks like there's a metronome on. Right. And, oh, okay, this looks I'm going to go enough. buy a metronome. That's right. That's right. And um, there's a lot more that goes behind it. And, and the, uh, the observation and awareness that it takes to observe someone and go, is this a regulating experience for them? Or is this dysregulating? Because somebody smiling and jumping around doesn't mean that they're having a good time. Exactly. Um, so we have to be mindful of those things. So I guess, yes, I mean, things can look like they're doing what they're doing, but the misuse of it is important to understand. Well, and I keep coming back to the monetization piece and the, sure. the millions of dollars yes. that end up being stolen from people, yeah. <laughs> essentially, under false pretenses yeah. um, and uh, in the name of science. Mm-hmm. And it's very troubling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that, that a, a number of folks who do research in brain training have very excellent intentions mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, and there is some really good research and it's important work to be done, but when it crosses over into then trying to market product right. 
um, for mass distribution, uh, it's, well, that, that's where yeah. things get dicey. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about this article was it really talked about, you know, just because it's research doesn't mean yeah. it's good. It's right. But there's that's a lot right. of bad research out that's there. That's right. Oh, and yes. And there's a lot of people, including students who should know better, that read the intro and the discussion and don't read what they should really that's read, right. which is the method that's session it. and the results. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, right. <laughs> because the intro is just what the yeah. researcher thought was important and the discussion is their interpretation. It's like, right. no, read the methods, read the mm -hmm. results. But there's this whole, I mean, it's, you know, the, just the podcast we had on, you know, quote unquote, neuroscience yeah. and the misuse right. of that. And I think it's, it's more of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, look, there's quote unquote research. I'm like, well, so, right? right? And there's tons of research, like, you know, you were saying that shows, yes, if you play this game, you will get really good at this game. Uh -huh. Right. You know, are you going to be good at anything else? Uh -huh. Right. Uh -huh. Probably not. Right. And is it going to last more than 30 seconds? Probably not. Right. Right. Go exercise. <laughs> right. Well, and, and well, exactly. And, um, and this is, this is a complete tangent. I know you're shocked. No. But, but <laughs> I couldn't even get, like, like, when you said tangent, I was like, yes, I get to say this right now. Be snarky. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it makes me think about how sad I am that, that, um, that connect games and the more, and the, we, you know, the, the original we aren't really being used anymore right. because those were modalities that included movement. Right. And which is really interesting. Right. And there was a lot of potential for a rehab application with those. Not that, and, and they're still around. Right. But trying to, you know, as those technologies get older, trying to, to convince people to use them when they can do something cooler. Is, no, it's hard. It's hard no, to do. The, the yeah, now it's Pokemon so much better. Go is better than brain training, right? You're right. Moving around, walking. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think it's very interesting that, that people, I mean, Pokemon Go has sort of fallen by the wayside again, um, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't keep up with you crazy kids. <laughs> You're lucky I have it on my phone. <laughs> Me and my technology. Um, you know, those those fads, they come and go. Mm -hmm. um, but I I do think that that there's lots of opportunity for, for games to be used therapeutically, as we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think the what ends up getting lost is the, the generalizability piece and how do you you know, and playing any video game is not going to necessarily make you good at life, right? No. So, as we have found, so... Um, make you good at the game. Yeah, or not, if you're me. <laughs> you can play the game. on Amazon buying growing machines. I already have one. I don't need to buy another one. I can't even imagine. Uh, anyhow, uh, but I also think it sort of fits into this idea... Um, how do I say this, uh, of um, uh, immediate satisfaction. So, right. right, so you're playing the game or these brain training ideas and you're getting your results, right? I'm, right. Okay, I'm improving or I'm not. And I think that feels um, like people are doing something. Right. Right. Right, and you feel like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but it's also the entertaining piece. Right. Right, it's like pick up a crossword puzzle. You're doing something there, too. Right, right. But, right. but it's, it's not, not nearly as exciting right. as playing, well, you know, again. Well, speak for yourself. Well, I like, I, <laughs> I'm the one that likes crossword puzzles. 
<laughs> right, but it's like for especially, you know, for teenagers and young adults, it's like right. crossword puzzle mm-hmm. video game. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sudoku video game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, there's always pit cross, though. There is. And there's also Sudoku on. Yeah. You know. I, I am I, I am increasingly a, a giant fan of pit cross, so. What is that? Um, Wait, hang on. What is pit cross? Pit cross. <laughs> what is that? Go on. Do you want to explain pit cross, Jane? Pit, P-I-T cross? No, pick. P-I-C. Oh. Pick, pick cross. So, um, you, you use math. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> No, but it's fun math. <laughs> okay. To fill things in, to make things. Okay, I'll it's, look it it's up. It's one of those games. It's it's like tying your shoes, right? I can show you easier than I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll 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 show you. All right. So back to the article. It's fun. So. <laughs> yeah. So anywho, it's it's a great it's a great game for like like I'm having the kids I work with play it because it's like math, but it's a game, so you get to like sneak in the math. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And it's it, it's sort of it's reasoning. It so. was like, what was that 2048 thing? Right. I had a lot of kids playing that the summer it came out on trips because, like, sneak in that problem solving. Right. Well, there's a there's an iPhone game called uh, Paint It Back, which is a version of Pit Cross that is a bunch of uh, uh, paintings that disappear in a museum, mm. and then you have to make them come back by doing this. It's basically Pit Cross to fill in and make the painting happen again, and certain oh, numbers okay. can only be in certain places. And oh. But it's very... It, it's... Um, it's fun and it's graphic. Yeah. 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 And so it's it literally it's like stealth math. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm all about the stealth <laughs> math and stealth problem solving. Well, again, yeah. a stealth intervention. Yep. Is my favorite intervention. Actually, this would be a good segue. Speaking of stealth, um, to start talking a little bit about implicit bias, which mm-hmm. is another thing which mm-hmm. has been on some of our minds lately. Mm-hmm. Um. Certainly, we've had a lot of discussions about. Um, implicit bias and explicit bias and how that mm-hmm. operates in people. Um, there was a, a piece that came out recently on, what's the website, Left Brain, Right Brain, Left which Brain, I hate the title I know, of it, but they have some fan. good stuff. Yeah, I, I liked it, and, and it was connected with the autism, I believe, Ann Donnellan's work at University yeah. of San Diego, so that I, I, I held some regard because I know I respect yeah. her work, so... Um, yeah, I was talking about implicit bias and special needs, essentially, specifically autism, um, but looking at <clears throat> how we hold certain, um, let's say, prejudices or, or discrimination um, for what we know or don't know, more importantly, about spectrum, right? and how that affects people, autistic people, yes. and how it affects their education. Um, how it affects their social world, and how we need to be more mindful of those things um, in interacting and, and helping other people who are working with this population understand that they hold them. Right. Because well, there's nothing wrong. Okay, we've got them. Everybody has them. We've all got them. Everybody has them. It's okay. Let's all but none of But shirt. we can't. And I was talking with the with the guys on, on Spawn on Me, shout out, Brucago people. Um, about this a, a little bit mm-hmm. um, in terms of the you know does a fish know it's in water? Right. We all right. have our right. um, automatic ways of doing things, and we can't really see them. That's why we need other people to help point them out and help yeah. us see them. Um, and particularly lately with the the police killings, mm-hmm. that so many of these primarily black. Mm-hmm. Um, and people of color are also disabled. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Thank you. And yes. this that particular intersection is one, of course, that, that we care about a great deal. And we're going to talk about it. We're going we're gonna to have a guest on yes. um, to talk about that. That's right. We were hoping for her to come today, yeah. but it didn't work I with her schedule. I think it'll be schedule. the next one. Cool. Which is I, I sure hope so. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one of the things that was really striking for me about that particular piece was just the notion of invisibility mm-hmm. and what we look at and what we don't look right. at. Mm-hmm. And Harvard has been doing the IAT research for years now right. and has quite the database on implicit bias regarding race and implicit mm-hmm. bias regarding gender. And there's methodological is issues with the there's implicit association huge, test, too, that we aren't going to get method, into. Yeah, but but I really like that they're trying. Yeah. Well, but but part of where I was going with the sort of invisibility notion is I appreciate they're trying, and, and some of the research looking at implicit bias with regard to race and gender is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is completely lacking is anything having to do with disabilities, yes. whether they're physical yes. or cognitive. There is, as the person in the article mentioned, one article on mental illness. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. Right. One. One. Um, and nothing about, you know, neurodevelopmental differences, mm-hmm. nothing about, you know, physical disabilities. And so the, the just complete absence and invisibility, That's it. you know, even absent from the examination. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, forget intersectionality. I right. mean, it's like, yeah. like just missing. Yeah. Right. Um, and of course it matters, right? And of yes. course your implicit biases about people with neurodevelopmental differences are going to impact how you treat people, uh-huh. are going to impact the allowances you make for certain behavior, That's right? right? Or it, don't. Or uh-huh. don't, yeah. right? The diagnosis you give or don't, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it's just such an obvious thing to me and makes me sad that more people aren't looking at that mm-hmm. and acknowledging that, mm-hmm. yep. right? It's like the the people that I work with who would rather their children have five different diagnoses yeah. than to acknowledge they're on the spectrum, right? Yep. right? It's like, what about that feels good? You know, what about, like, what, what are those biases that make that more acceptable? Right. Well, and then the other piece, um, just bouncing off of that, is that there can be a, uh, an anxiety or a discomfort in the autism word, not just from the actual person or family that's dealing with it, but knowing how other people are going to interpret that word. Oh, of in course. dealing with right. of course. that individual who is on the spectrum. Oh, of course. I mean, how, how many people do we all know that are perfectly comfortable acknowledging their yes. children are on the spectrum, yeah. but really weigh every single time they make that announcement exactly. to somebody else? Because you do have to think about... Like, what is their understanding, mm-hmm. you know, and how are they then going to treat the person? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it going to help? Is it going to help or, or is, is it going to make hurt? it worse? Right. That's right. But also, without even using labels, um, especially when we when we think about neurodevelopmental differences and disabilities as being movement disorders, mm-hmm. right? Um, that regardless of whether you have a label to apply, it you have the differences in behavior and the differences in movement. Right. right. And... Um, how those are interpreted. Mm-hmm. I had a, a really interesting feedback session the other day um, with this lovely teen. He's just the sweetest thing. He's brilliant and had a lot of trauma um, and is very, very bright but struggles to use language. He's not on the spectrum, but okay. he has a lot of tr- trouble with expressive language mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And when asked a direct question, 
goes deer in the headlights, right? right? right. Gets fight, flight, right. yep. can't talk, mm-hmm. and um, has been punished a tremendous amount in his life for being resistant and oppositional. Right. right. Because the words aren't coming because, out. Because, right. yeah, mm-hmm. because he, you know, becomes silent. He can't, he literally can't form the words, right? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> just starting to get, all right, let yep. me regulate myself. All right. Go on. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I couldn't help but think, wow, if if we could have had an opportunity to get in and help the people around this individual mm-hmm. understand something a little bit better about right. him, it would have saved him a lot of trauma. Yeah. Um, and going into schools, I mean, with the three of us spend a lot of time in schools observing mm-hmm. and witnessing yeah. how people treat one another mm-hmm. and it's pretty um striking how differences that, get that handled. was a well-measured word right. thank you well, you know ironically <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I remember i remembered my stimulant meds today <laughs> that's america okay um i i think what i what what i find ironic i guess is the word is here we are talking about spectrum and we sort of define it as undershooty overshooty right right, Movement-y, right. Basis, and this kind of thing but the treatment of autism is also undershooty overshooty absolutely right. so you have the people who are interfacing with them on um, these individuals and if you have more of a overshooter autism right mm-hmm. you'll see people undershoot and not hold accountability for yep. the individual because right. they're afraid of the outburst right yep. which is not what we're talking about doing right. no right. we're talking about holding and helping people through these experiences and giving them tools. Right. But then you can have undershooty, like what you're talking about, not saying that he's on the spectrum, but right. still an undershoot situation. And then you have them overshooting on him, yep. saying you're not, you know, uh, speaking. Right. So now hurry I'm going to overshoot hurry you. Yeah. Right. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> yeah. So, well, exactly. And yep. it's because why you're uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Well, guess what? So are they. Yeah. So what are you going to do about that? Well, so are they, and theoretically, if you're the person who doesn't have difficulty with regulation, you should be able to better tolerate your discomfort. <sighs> well, and how many <laughs> of us see uh, the people interfacing with our, our dear friends, uh, maybe undiagnosed? Well, yeah, well, that yeah. there's always and that. And so there's these pieces of the puzzle that come into play, but I think the, the number one thing is, is getting word out there, training, finding people who are trainable for understanding and maybe shifting paradigm shifting yeah their concept for sure and for me it's back to that i swear i'm printing t-shirts that say embrace your neurology yeah you know for so many of the families that i work with and peggy that i know that you work with you know and deb as well doing feedback sessions it's like how many of the kiddos that are on the spectrum that we work with have parents who are on the spectrum who either don't know it, which right. is no fault of their own, of course, or do know it and haven't, you know, like understood what that means. Mm-hmm. And if they would just acknowledge, like, these are my strengths, these are my mm-hmm. weaknesses, this is what makes it difficult to deal with my kid, mm-hmm. it would be so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> well, it would be so yeah. much easier. Right. Well, and looking at it not so much as um, 
Because it's something that gets thrown out a lot about spectrum is oh it's so wide it's so you know and it is it I, is I, I'm not I'm not arguing right. that right. but why do why don't we shift our thinking into profile like this individual profile is right. here 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 right and sort of the categorization of that right. but understanding that it's still this <laughs> it's still um, uncomfortable for them right. right of course and so how to help them through that and accept it is I think the thing that I struggle with um the most yeah. with helping people who are trying to be supportive of somebody but then going back to this implicit implicit bias piece they don't know that they hold these things right well this is where the whole point of um coercion mm-hmm. and um training there so are you helping people to self-regulate so that they can engage with others in a way that is more more measured, shall mm-hmm. we say, or mm-hmm. you know, better mm-hmm. self directed, yeah, as right. opposed to um, focusing on compliance and right. focusing on a, a coercive means of getting somebody to do what you want. Right, and I think that all goes back to what I said earlier, which is, um, yeah, people are going to not be happy all the time, right? No, and like, that's okay. It, I mean, there's going to be yeah. some uncomfortable moments here, and sometimes you just have to go. I got this. Right. Well, it's right. not adaptive. And it's not adaptive no. to have no ability to deal with distress. No. Okay, so oh. let me give you an example. That, okay, because I, I, I have this example of this kiddo that um, the, the school was telling me that they were having a really hard time getting this child to stand in line. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, because standing and, in line, especially for a, um, okay. what kind of school, Okay. You'd, you'd think that wouldn't be so important. Right. Well... So we need to stand in line. Okay, fair enough. This is fine. Um, But this particular kiddo wants to stand next to a particular kid. Why? Well, the way my brain goes is he's looking for a way to regulate. He is attaching himself to this kid for a reason. that particular child is helping to regulate him. Is helping to regulate him. But he is now in a situation where he's cutting in front of other friends, right? Right. Well, here's the problem of undershooting in this moment. It's going to upset the child if the child needs to get in line, right? It, according to. But instead, they're asking the other kids to absorb mm-hmm. the discomfort and say, he can cut in front of you. It's okay. And now, basically, you're taking a whole, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Where now you're asking these other children to absorb this child's discomfort. Right. How are you going to address this? Because this isn't real life. No. Right. Right. You can't expect all the other kids in the class, okay, it's okay, you can cut in front of me. Right. And step on my foot. Right. No. So So how do you help that? So guess what? The kid's going to be upset. But how are you going to help the kid through that? Exactly. But this is why I'm saying they undershoot because now, okay, everybody else just absorb all this because we don't want to deal with a meltdown. But in the in the, what you're saying about it's not adaptive. Right. That is not addressing the issue. No. And... And so punishing somebody for having a meltdown is an adaptive. Uh-huh. And tiptoeing around somebody right. to avoid That's them having right. a meltdown is an adaptive. Yes. So, so sometimes you got to get through that meltdown. That's right. You got to just say, I got this. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and you can do it. And when yes. you show um, people that they can do it and that that get through the disruption, it's a tremendous feeling for them. Right. They feel... 
embarrassed, Real of course. Real mastery is right? better than a trophy any day. Oh, boy, yeah, right? But they feel accomplished. It's not that they don't feel embarrassed, believe you me. I mean, how many guys do we work with that talk about the mortification and embarrassment of looking back and going, I can't believe I did that, or I don't want to do these things. Right, right. Um, and you can't punish somebody out of it. Like, you can no, punish that kid all day long, no. and they're still going to have meltdowns. <laughs> so, well, and in fact, it becomes now a negative feedback loop, right. right? Of, okay, I have a meltdown, then I get my way, right? Because of the meltdown. And it's not because the child wants to choose to have a meltdown again. It's just what the kid knows. Yeah. It worked, as you say, yep, right? it worked. Rewarding. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that if we can observe these biases that we hold of, oh, this kid is, quote-unquote, out of control, or yeah. this kid is not intelligent, or that, I mean, there's a million biases that go into autism. Right. Um, then we can kind of observe a little bit more about what we should or shouldn't be Right. Or the doing. kid with ADHD who can't yeah. hold his or her body still. That's right. right. Same um, thing. Or are lazy. Or oh, lazy. the lazy. Word. That's a good one. What I see a lot with, with girls with ADHD, mm-hmm. as I've read, um, <laughs> that that a lot of times they are they are undiagnosed because they can learn how to keep their bodies still. Right, yeah. Um, whereas a lot of their boy counterparts have more difficulty Can't. doing that. Um, but just because you're holding your body still doesn't mean that your mind is in a million different right. places. Right, Oh, yeah. You know? And yeah. and so, the, again, to circle back to the, the brain training stuff, um, a lot of this is, is being approached as a, as a means to um, <laughs> engage people in more quote-unquote mindful yeah, I'm sorry, I can't say it without laughing. Uh, behavior, um, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, anywho, um, it, but it, it ends up sort of backfiring, right? And um, and and this is where the, there is that line between again teaching self regulation and helping to train self regulation and um, coercion. Right. And for me, it's always back to that can't versus won't. Right. I mean, that's it. You can take someone who has an attentional problem and work with them all day long to be less impulsive. But guess what? Mm -hmm. Can't. Right. And I loved your girl example, because how many girls have we tested that their parents are like, they're not impulsive. Uh And you test them and you're like, are you kidding (laughs) me? (laughs) Like this kid can't regulate their thoughts at all. Right. 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 And. You know, the, you know, and again, it's the biases. Well, if you can keep your body still, mm-hmm. you're not impulsive. Right. Like, yeah, you can still be, right? Yep. You're, you know. Yeah. Um, and helping, well, and, and helping. And the frustration tolerance piece, right? Yeah. With, um, with some of the, the brain training stuff that's supposed to help you tolerate frustration. Now, I think you should just get in some Overwatch matches. Yep. That will help you tolerate frustration. Video game, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my face? I saw your face. <laughs> She's like, what the heck is Overwatch? <laughs> I was like, here I go again. What are you talking about? I swear I know what the world is what's going on in the world. Kind well, of. and it's, you know, and I, I always kind of laugh at the, the fact that we need to teach people frustration tolerance. I think a lot of that comes out of the giving trophies for bloody showing up. I right. mean, part of learning frustration tolerance is living in a world where people allow you to fail. Right. And if nobody allows you to fail and, and to, to deal with your emotion early on, mm-hmm. you don't develop frustration tolerance. Well, it's interesting because I was listening to, I can't remember what podcast it was, but it was a, one of, it was a gaming podcast, and maybe it was Austin Walker's new one. Um, 
from Vice Gaming. I can't remember. And, but they were talking about fail conditions. Mm. Um, and there are a lot of games that are created specifically to make different fail conditions. And that that is, like, now I was listening to them talk to this going, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But um, <laughs> but I can... I can I can appreciate. Yes, I can appreciate how I this can, is useful. Right, yes, that yes. there is something yeah. that's sort of poetic uh-huh. about you know differing ways that you can fail yep. and um, and you can start to enjoy the stories around those fail conditions. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, I wouldn't know, but um, but I like the idea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Dark Souls. Yep. Oh yes, a Dark Souls. Very very much that. Um, well, and I, I always find it interesting to see, like, the type of person who enjoys Dark Souls and can keep playing, 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 and yeah. those people that just rage quit and throw the controllers. Um. Oh, you, you're talking about me? <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. As I stick with my RPGs, that's fine. I don't know what that Whatever means. those are. Yeah. What are they? Role-playing, Role-playing games. games. Oh, okay. Stories. I like stories. Stories, yeah, okay. Enough. You know, but there, you know, and there are some neurologies that like the challenge and the you know get a little sticky on got to finish this game no matter what. Right. I think that I mean I know this is also a little tangential. Uh, again, shocker, but <laughs> that that concept of frustration tolerance and that it's a thing. It is. It's, it's a, a real thing. It's a thing, and people look at it very quickly as defiance, oppositional, you know, or whiny. Well, but the other side of it, and this is what troubles me about people like Donald Trump mm-hmm. releasing these things into the world, is that there's also this idea of having um, zero filter and um, no ability to manage your impulsivity right. as being somebody who just tells it like it is. And when did that right? become a good thing? I don't Like, that no. is so deeply disturbing to me. Well, he tells it like he thinks it is. Well, well, y- yeah, y- well yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, but it, it really is, is just, it's so strange to me to have a society that leans so heavily on compliance mm-hmm. to at the same time have a subset of the community and of the society that is the exact opposite of that, mm-hmm. where it's there's heavily compliance on one side and complete lawlessness on the sure. other, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's total teenage rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like... And that's why we have creepy clowns. Creepy clowns. Yes. The cre- you don't, oh, you yeah. heard about the creepy clowns? No, well, yeah. I told you that there was a high school in Whittier yeah. in my office. Same thing. One of the middle schools had a... Sorry, we should probably tell people what yeah. we're talking okay, about so creepy clowns. I think I think most people, if the all five of our listeners, probably have heard about creepy clowns. But we can go ahead. Would you like to explain the creepy clowns? Oh, the, I don't know much because I'm not on it. But I just had a couple of clients show up to say that their school had been tweeted about that they were going to show up. Creepy clowns were going to show up and cause damage or something. You know, guns. I guess I don't know if that's accurate or not. But well, the mere presence of clowns is creepy. Well, of course. Well. I don't think you need to put creepy in front of clowns. No. It is a little redundant. Yeah, it's <laughs> redundant. Not that this is funny, but yeah. But it's very, I, I find it very, the, the timing of it is is interesting to me. Mm. Um, that we have so much sheer horror yeah. going on that yeah. we have yeah. to like embody it in scary clowns. Right, right. Um, I mean, yeah. how many places were, were was this brought up? Oh, it's all, it's all over the place. Oh, my Nationwide, goodness. actually. Nationwide? Nationwide. Oh, yeah. boy. See? I'm in a hole. It's all right. There are benefits to that. I find them, yeah, but... So, um, we should probably wrap up since we've got 
so many since, since we've since we're, since we're, we're, since we're entering, clowns. we're entering the rambling phase. <laughs> this is that goodbye part That's where right. I told you it starts to turn into right. a train wreck. And they're all uh-huh. like I just picture us all sort of backing into the hedge like Homer Simpson, like yeah. just disappearing. Yeah. Um somebody posted I was mentioning this, somebody posted a picture, <laughs> a gif of or gif depending on who you are, of yeah. um <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> of Homer Simpson disappearing into a pizza. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll show you yeah, later. Yeah, you'll have to give me the um, So anyway, so our, our, our next few episodes um, are going to be with, with a few guests, and we won't announce it yet because we have to hammer down the, yeah, the dates, the, the dates and, and things. And then um, we will be recording episodes at SFN. So again, if you are going to SFN, Society for Neuroscience in San Diego, uh, in November, and you would like to um, hang out with us and do a little recording we would love to talk with you about it so um you can always uh email us at what's our email we We are are neurocurious at at gmail Gmail. Mm -hmm. uh you can hit me up on twitter uh at nebula 63 um or the neurocurious twitter account which is at neurocurious um and we can talk about that so um I guess we'll we'll call it we'll call it a day. Is that a show? Is that a show for today? That Sounds works. To me. Okay. All right, guys. So thanks for joining us. We missed you all, and um, we'll talk to you again soon. Let's hope. Bye. Take care. Bye.